Today's football news is with thanks to Fuji Clean, manufacturing sewer treatment plants since the 60s with over 3 million systems installed around the globe. Call 1300 733 619 or visit fujiclean.com.au. Really important day for football today with the Socceroos squad being named for the upcoming World Cup. And as always, we're joined by producer James Clark. Morning, Clarkie. Hey, boys. Hello, James. And uh, Scott McDonald, who will have some ideas on uh, if there are going to be any bolters in this Socceroos squad. Former Socceroo himself is on the line. G'day, Scott. How are you? Good morning, good morning. Yes, it's that time of the year now. All the excitement building for this World Cup and uh, who's going to be in it and who isn't. So... Looking forward to seeing who's announcing that Socceroos squad this morning. Scott, who do you, who do you think? Or do, you, do you see any um, potential surprises for Graham Arnold's squad? Like, uh, I know there's a few names sort of question marks over them. Uh, you know, Tom Rogic is, is one uh, at the moment. Um, and who do, we, who do we start up front? I, I mean, the talking points are Jamie McLaren, Mitch Duke, um, Qual, Mabil. Uh, Daniel Azani's name pops up, but... I, I just don't think he he's he's not that far away, but I just don't think he's there yet. Yeah, look, I, I think if you're looking for that impact one, um, Daniel did that, you know, in the previous World Cup. Um, there was a lot of hype, a lot of expectation thereafter. I think we're going to be doing exactly the same thing if we take Paul uh, to an extent. Um, however, the, the, the squad is extended from from what it was previous years, from 23 to 26 this time. Um, which kind of makes it a little bit easier for Arnie as well um, in terms of not letting down certain individuals um, or surprise packages. It allows him just to bring a, a couple of, you know, jokers in the pack, I would imagine. Uh, maybe one of those jokers is Jason Cummings. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Jason Cummings yeah. has performed really well in, in the A-League. You talk about strikers. I, I still feel that uh, he feels that Adam Taggart's probably going to be his number nine, Clarky. Yeah. Um, look, I, I kind of felt sorry for Adam the last game round against New Zealand. They were very isolated um, in terms of the, the way that the Socceroos set up, and that's a real worry for me. Um, and on the back of that, you know, I think the frustrating for Jamie McLaren is he scores goals, but he probably can't get the nod in this Socceroos team. And I, th- I even think probably Mitch Duke's going to be ahead of him in a, you know, from a tactical perspective in certain games because of what he gives you, not necessarily that goal threat, um, but I think he might be second in line as well. And Look, I think if you're talking about Qual and, and Mobile and people like that, I think they're more essentially played as wide men, yep. you know, wingers type of thing. And, and Qual, it wouldn't surprise me if Qual's on that plane. Um, obviously, all the hype around him particularly. He's still not starting games at Central Coast Mariners. Let's, let's remember that. You know, if we were talking about any other you know, regular player um, that wasn't 18 years of age or whatnot, we'd be saying, hey, he's not playing every week. He's not starting. But all of a sudden, you know, uh, the, the signing of going to Newcastle and everything else, um, it, it's putting him in a position that uh, everyone's asking the question. But a lot of the times these these younger ones don't really work work out, you know, or, or they actually play. Because you look at Theo Walcott um, previously, you, you look at Daniel Azani previously, uh, Daniel come on a couple of occasions, but they don't really have that impact that you were expecting at a World Cup. And, and Australia's going to be backs against the wall. Um, let's be real about it in these three games anyway, particularly two of them. So um, where he fits in, I'm not sure. Yeah, you get, you're asking a lot of a young young man. He's, he's, he's very good. But one question yeah. someone asked me the other day is, like, how, how much influence would Newcastle United play over um, 
at at Central Coast Mariners on on how much game time that uh, Garan Qual actually plays with Central Coast? Uh, probably none, because yeah. it's the, the the biggest vital importance right now is that he gets games and also that he plays for the national team. Because if he doesn't play for the national team, he can't play in England. It's as yeah. simple as that, Clark. If people yeah. don't realise that yeah. he'll be he'll be uh, shoved off to somewhere else in Europe or Portugal or where else, wherever that may well be. And and who knows what kind of club that is? Uh, obviously, Newcastle will do their best to to look after to look after Graham, but, um, you know, if he makes this national team, then all of a sudden, then um, it gives him the opportunity to actually stay at Newcastle um, and play his trade in, in the UK and, and work his way through um, the development at Newcastle, which which would be a great thing uh, for him and for Australian football. So when you see it like that, does Arnie have a choice then to, to make in terms of for the development of the player? He probably does. Um, so, and look, you know, me... It's sounding a bit negative about taking him. It's certainly not. It's just that I just, um, you know, in terms of duty of care to the to the player itself, I, w- I want to see him develop and grow and, and be yeah. a real stalwart yeah. for Australian football, in, you know, in the future and not be, you know, a hype train that all of a sudden stops, um, which we kind of had with Daniel Arzani, who's only now rebuilding uh, four years later. So, Scott, with such a, a large squad, is there any advantage taking a player there with the view to the next World Cup in four years' time to gain this international experience? Or is it, no, nah, it's all about this one now. Uh, we can't be thinking four years down the track. Every man here has to be there ready to play. Depends on whose position you're in. You know, if you're the player that's worked his absolute backside off for you know, this period of time and then you go and swap in with a young player, um, that's very hurtful. Uh, you know, so... Um, you know, as a manager, though, you're looking at it going, right, development, this, that, and next for the country. Is Arnie going to be here after this World Cup? Does he really care about that? There's all those, you know, connotations and questions you have to ask. Um, I think it should be the the best 23 slash 26 now players that are available to you that deserve to go. I don't think there should be any qualms about that. I think um, it's, it should be based on all performance. And in terms of how you fit in tactically to what Arnie wants, um, taking someone on the outside that's... Uh, that's a trump card. You know, you can do that now because there is 26, so that's the argument. Um, in, in previous years gone by, 23, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have probably said so. Yeah, and uh, Arnie's yeah. always... Arnie's been one of those managers, hasn't he, Scott? He's, uh, he's, uh, he's a very loyal uh, manager. Um, would, you, yeah. would you look at form over fitness um, if you were picking the team? Ah, uh, that's a tough question, isn't it? Depends on whose seat you're sitting in. Again, uh, if yeah. I'm sitting in Arnie's and it's, if it's form over fitness, I've got a guy that's uh, you know not 100% fit, but I know he's of a, a level of quality. And we might be talking about Tommy Rogic here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if he's not up to full speed, what's he going to give us? Um, is he really going to add um, that special addition that we need to, to cut teams open? Uh, you'd probably say yes, but is he going to do that because he's not fit? Um, my gut feeling is probably Tom doesn't make this squad um, just just in the case of that he's not played enough minutes leading up to this now and obviously he was late to get to West Brom um, the other bombshell that, that's coming out this morning is Mitch Langrat not making the squad either um, the goalkeeper who's obviously been in, in Japan for you know many a season doing exceptionally well retired and then came out of retirement um, but it looks to be that um, Danny Vukovic is going to get the nod, who's at Central Coast Mariners, who had been through the whole 
World Cup um, process of the qualifi- uh, qualification campaign. I think that's the right decision, actually. You do? You know, because we talk about... Yeah, we talk about in terms of, you know, Matt Ryan's going to play. Yeah. There's no question yeah. Matt Ryan will, will be number one goalkeeper choice. Mitch, is, Mitch would push him all the way. However, you can't retire, then come out of retirement. I'm a bit against that, you know, in terms of you either want to play for your country and you love doing it, or you retire and that's it. It's as simple as that for me. And, and Danny Vukovic has put his hand up every single time to this point. So for me, he deserves to get on that plane. So I, I, I would have gone Lawrence Thomas. Oh, Thomas, I think he's he's probably the form keeper in the in the A League at the moment. But I get <laughs> I get where you're coming from with Vukovic too. He, well, he won't uh, let I, you down. We've got three. We've got three games. All yeah. three keepers are going to play. Yeah, you know, that's Red right. Lane's going yeah. to be number two, second choice. So I, I think it's kind of one of them that, and you know, in terms of Danny Vukovic within that squad as well, um, and what he does, um, which I know that I think he's a you know a valued member uh, within that squad. And then we've got the grey wiggle as well, uh, Andrew Redmayne. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've um, definitely got some good stocks in the in the keeping department. But, Scott, we'll just quickly look at uh, the EPL, EPL from the weekend. Uh, Leeds won a thriller at Ellen Road over Bournemouth. That's uh, not two good weeks for the Cherries, who'd given up Leeds to Spurs and the Whites. But that was a, an incredible game of football. Unbelievable, wasn't it? You know, to come back from 3-1 down as well, you know, Gary O'Neill at Bournemouth must be kicking and screaming at night at the moment, not getting much sleep. You know, like you said, two weeks in a row, that's, that's happened to him. But, uh, you know, Jesse Marsh, you know, producing the goods under the pressure, that you know, obviously getting that victory away to Anfield the previous week and, and then obviously 3-1 down at home to come back shows some great character and some of his younger players, uh, Somerville in particular, are now starting to really stand out for him. And uh, Spurs, they went down to Liverpool. That's their, I think that's Liverpool's first away win of the season. Uh, Eric Dyer, though, handed Mo Salah a gift uh, at the back there. But um, but also new manager uh, Unai Emery at Villa took down your boys uh, at Villa Park United. Yeah, I, I hate to say it. I called this one, though. You did? I thought that Aston Villa would get the, you know, the managerial bounce. Yeah, unfortunately, I did it. Did pick that one on my forecast, Clarky, uh, last week. Um, but uh, yeah, disappointing for Manchester United. However, um, you know things seem to be turning for for the likes of Aston Villa, uh, even Leicester, obviously getting an, a good victory as well. Um, and then, but then you've got Wolves and Southampton in deep trouble right now. There's been talks of obviously Ralph Hasenhutl. Yeah, um, he's gone. Yeah, possibly lost his job. Yeah, he's gone. So um, changes at Southampton now. And in terms of when you look back for Ralph Hasenhutl at Southampton over the last three to four years, I think he's done an exceptional job. Um, you just get to a point where you can't do no more, and I think that's been the case just with the budget that he has uh, at his possession at Southampton. What do you mean by even Leicester, <laughs> Scott? <laughs> well, we looked at Leicester this, the start of this season, didn't we? And, you know, for the squad that they have and the capability and, and the manager that they have, it's been uh, quite a shock, um, all the upset and the drama over the, the transfer window. There's so many of their players sorted after. And I guess the biggest question uh, for your lot is, can they keep a hold of James Madison in that January window, particularly if he goes to this World Cup? Well, four from, four or, uh, three wins from their last four games. So if you look at the form ladder, they're actually fourth. So they are out of the relegation zone. So it's yeah. only way is up at the moment, Scott. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and look, if you haven't seen uh, Yuri Tillerman's goal from the oh, weekend... Beautiful. It was sensational. Get, get on YouTube... He's only done it again, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, that's two this year already. So, um, you know, 
fully expect him to score a cracker at the World Cup this time. Get your money on that one, I reckon. Geez, you poked the bear, Scott, didn't you, with Leicester? But um, <laughs> no, 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 it was even Leicester. Oh, even Leicester, yeah. But uh, we saw the, <laughs> we saw this morning the round, the last sixteen draw for Champions League, and what what's unbelievable games here. Liverpool have drawn Real Madrid. Uh, PSG have drawn Bayern Munich, Inter Milan, Porto, Borussia Dortmund, Chelsea, Frankfurt, Napoli, uh, AC Milan versus Tottenham and and Club Bruges against Benfica, which an interesting one. I was talking to Andrew about this. Club Bruges, we know uh, Paolo Paul Ocon uh, is an assistant manager at at, uh, Bruges. Um, I mean, he's had a lot to do with that club over that he played there, but his his sons are all at the academy and his sons just signed or was signed earlier in the season with Benfica and in their under 19 team. But um, very interesting, isn't it? Club Bruce taking on his his son's club, Benfica. Well, absolutely. Um, You know, and Paul Ocon's done a a wonderful, you know, job. Um, Obviously being in there as well, if you haven't seen it as well, there's a, a little short doco on, on yeah, the sport now um, on him, which is very interesting. If, if any football fans out there want to have a look at that and see what he's up to, um, developing once again, it's great to see another Aussie coach um, obviously applying his trade in Europe. And we haven't even mentioned Kevin Musket yet, my God. Mm, in I know, terms yeah. of Yokohama, jumping yeah. onto that and, and what a wonderful job he's done winning the championship there in the J-League. Um, but it's just great to see, isn't it? Um, a lot of the... Aussie coaches now getting opportunities and uh, the future's bright in that sense, we hope, um, for Australian football. And before we let you go, Scott, we've got League Cup fixtures starting tomorrow, or the Carabao Cup uh, Wednesday tomorrow. Um, even Leicester are playing uh, <laughs> a Newport, a, a, league, a League Two team. Uh, they're 18th in League Two. Brentford taking on Gillingham FC. They're from League Two as well. And Bournemouth taking on Everton. So who do you like in those three games? Oh, look, I think even Leicester could get a win uh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I think um, for me, look, I think you've got to go for the, uh, the two Premier League sides against the Minnows, Gillingham and uh, Newport. And I am going to say Everton in the other one for the travel league. Everton, which uh, will make Frank Lampard very, very happy. But uh, we'll chat again on Thursday, uh, Scott, and we'll pick apart the, this Socceroos squad that gets announced today by Graham Arnold. Thanks for your time. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. All right. Cheers. See ya.